This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Fightful Wednesday Night Wars podcast. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, sitting in for Sean Ross Sapp, who is on assignment tonight. And uh, it is my pleasure to be here to talk about AEW and NXT for the next hour or so. The Wednesday Night Wars, we're always spoiled when it comes to, to quality, quality wrestling on Wednesday nights. Just like we're spoiled with quality, quality wrestling coverage over on Fightful.com. If you don't know about it, you should go check it out. Lots of great stuff happening there. And over as well on FightfulSelect.com, which gives you a little more coverage, a little more of everything. And you can show your support for Fightful right there. It is actually the absolute best way for, for you to, uh, to show your support to uh to fight to fightful fightful select because you get Sean who does a who does a QA and a session with like thousands of questions at a time you get extra content from the weekly list and your boy podcast plus you get sour graps from one gentleman named Alex Palowski who reviews Raw and Smackdown every week and gives it his own sour 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 taste to it but uh uh, Alex is here with us tonight, no, not necessarily in Sour Graps mode. He likes Wednesday nights usually. Isn't that right, Alex? Wednesday nights uh, are the best nights by far of the wrestling calendar, uh, if only because you get to see one dude get his teeth knocked out in a inside a scaffolding-topped cage, while on the other side... Some random drunk dude in eye black is apparently the leader of Mike Tyson's entourage. It's the greatest thing ever. We'll get to that even a little bit more in detail a little later on. In the meantime, we also have Jeremy Lambert, Lambert, who is with us. Uh, Jeremy, uh, one of the most prolific writers in the entire universe uh, over on Fightful.com. And he's joining us tonight. How you doing, uh, Jeremy? I'm well. Do you, do we want to say where Sean is on assignment? No, nah, not necessarily. Let's okay. let let's let speculation uh, go crazy. You know, the internet loves to speculate, so we'll we'll, That's very we'll true. just give him we'll just give him something to do. Uh, and it, so, th- thank you all for joining us this evening. If you like what you're seeing so far, do consider giving the video a thumbs up, share the link out. That's always great. And if you want to show a little more support for Fightful as well, well, you can donate a super chat. And I will read your question and or comment on air or just thank you, such as thanking Maurice for the super chat. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Anakin JMT says, Fight Pit was great and really felt different. Please tell me Shotzi is okay. I don't have any word, but, you know, Shotzi, Shotzi, Shotzi's a tough, 
tough woman, I wouldn't be surprised if she is completely okay, although that was a little rough. We'll talk about it uh, a, a little uh, a little later. Um, and um, Evan Wright leaves us a super chat as well. Thank you, Evan. Says, guys, I loved seeing David Arquette in face paint. <laughs> I guess we're talking about what happened in the main event tonight. Um and uh, uh, Anakin JMT left us another super chat. Thank you again, Anakin. Says, I want Dream and Cole to take place on the set of the old Nick game show, Finders Keepers. It had your normal rooms, but also an Egypt room and crypt, Alex. Sounds like a, sounds like a good idea to me. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I either want that or I want it like, like in like on the set of purple rain. Like I'm not like, like just something like give, give Velveteen dream a, a total home court advantage uh, that, that Adam Cole can complain about for the rest of his life. Um, of course, uh, folks, if you, uh, if you do leave us a super chat, you know, there, there's a, if you ask your question or comment and it, and it, and it ties into a segment that we're going to talk about, I'll save it for later. I mean, I I'm seeing them. I'm doing the Sean Ross sap thing. I'll try to be as diligent as he is. Or right, just before we lead in, DJ Cass says, leaves us a super chat, and again, thank you, says, has Triple H lost his way with NXT? It feels like the main roster with yellow ropes. Uh, Jeremy, you're nodding. I think you. that, that usually means you have an opinion. Uh, we're, we're banning NXT on the distraction here in a couple of weeks because it's just... It doesn't feel quite the same. Uh, a lot of all over the place nonsense. So yeah, it's it's not my NXT, Warren Hayes. Well, let's talk about NXT or AEW, depending on uh, since you watched, uh, we 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 watched everything and uh, got everything going. Uh, Jeremy, who do you think won the Wednesday Night Wars this evening? Um, until the the main event, I thought AEW was better, but I liked the NXT main event more the the AEW main event which we'll get into part of it was good the other part was a, a little strange the NXT main event from from start to finish was was excellent i'll give a a slight nod to AEW because that's uh, my gimmick to to ban NXT and not put it over but i did enjoy the NXT main event alex what do you think I mean, I'll, I'll get. It's always close. I'll give a slight edge to NXT. There we go. You don't have to know my opinion, which is a good thing. And we are going to start with NXT this evening. That started with the with the triple threat for one of the two groups. I can't remember which one. If it was A or B for the NXT a, Group yeah. A in the, for the NXT Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, uh, the triple threat tiebreaker match: Kushida versus Drake Maverick versus Jake Atlas. Um, this, this was a pretty fun, uh, fun filled action packed match. Uh, there was a lot of uh, interesting stuff. It was a, it, from the get go, Alex, you could tell there was, there was some good chemistry between the three guys. It was, it turns out it was a pretty good, uh, a pretty good idea to book, to book this match. Yeah, no, this, this worked out really well. They, they told the story very well. Each guy, uh, had his, had his own, um, role to play within it like like they're they they were very it was very character based all the stuff like drake maverick um got in a lot more offense in this match they did it in either of his any of his one-on-one matches because he was smartly realizing 
as long as this guy over here is paying attention to that guy over there, I can sneak in with a few elbows and then back away. And and I thought that was smart. Um, Atlas was was um, was cocky, the UK, and you felt like Kushida was just like had to have his head on a swivel at all times because they were trying to take him out mm-hmm. because they knew he was the top guy in the match. I thought it was really well done. The the um, a lot of uh, interesting uh, ways of getting you know from one pairing to the next, um, and the finish I thought was really really well booked. Well, the finish, since we're talking about it, uh, had Kushida uh, getting an arm bar on uh, Jake uh, on Jake Atlas, a flying one at that. And as he had him on his back, him being uh, Kushida having Atlas on his back, uh, Drake Maverick just draped his arm over uh, over your boy uh, uh, Atlas and got the win. So the guy who got fired is going forward here. Uh, you is, tell me about the finish. You like this? You liked how this was uh, concluded? Well, Give me some thoughts. I mean, uh, if if you're gonna do the thing where Drake Maverick wins, he can't like overpower some dude and like you know, it it, it felt he also didn't like you know do the thing where he steals the pin because then you don't want to root for that guy. Uh, it was actually like out of desperation, mm-hmm. like he was done. He was so hurt. Like he's always is in these matches, and he just crawled over and threw an arm over over Atlas, uh, and the the referee counted the pinfall. Uh, Kushida thought he had won, uh, and um, and you know, but the ref raised Maverick's hand. I uh, I thought it was interesting because you could say that like if you're in a cross arm breaker, if you got a guy in a cross arm breaker and his shoulders are against the mat, you're pinning him with your legs. So it's weird that they were like, oh, no, Drake Maverick pinned him, but not Kushida. Of course, later, they do this thing where they show footage that Atlas underneath Drake Maverick is tapping. Uh, And so Kushida won by submission at the same time that Maverick uh, won by pinfall. And I thought they were going to do a, well, I guess now we got to have another match next week. One-on-one, Kushida versus Maverick. And it was great because Kushida saved out and said, "Hey, I'm glad you saved your job. Go out and win this tar- this title," and that was really cool. Like, like that puts over Kushida in my book, like as like mm-hmm. the ultimate good guy. But I want to root for this guy because he he knows it's more important for Drake Maverick to possibly keep his job than for Kushida to win the title now when he'll probably win it later. Like this is this is a bigger thing, and I love that about Kushida. And I like that Maverick says, "I have nothing but respect for you. You get the first title shot." If I win this, I don't think he's winning it. Though. Well, look, I like the idea of uh, I I like the story. I understand what they've been doing with Jake Maverick, even though it's a complete mystery to me. It's why you fire him, then you push the guy. But you know that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But I do like the story. The story moving forward is really interesting. But Jeremy, isn't it the most WWE thing to bring in an international superstar, a modern-day legend. You bring him in with press conferences and fanfare, and you never have him win the big match. Ain't it the most WWE thing? Uh, at least he's not getting stuffed in a trash can anymore. Um, so, I mean, this is like this is an upgrade to me. He's having good matches. I mean, they're three, four minutes every week, but, hey, it's better than getting stuffed into a trash can by Undisputed Air. So, Look, you got to take what you can get with Kushida. Have they misfired in a lot of eyes? 
Yeah, probably. I think we all were expecting a little bit more out of Kushida, but you're right that he, he never wins the big match. He couldn't beat Gulak, and now he can't win this interim title. Maybe if, if Maverick wins and he gets the first crack, they'll, they'll put it on him then. Who knows? But Kushida certainly isn't. He's not my Kushida, Warren Hayes. <laughs> There's, you're disavowing <laughs> a lot of stuff tonight. <laughs> I, I, think the, I think the story that, that, that they tell is that, uh, is that the real Phantasma shows up in this match versus Drake Maverick and ruins Drake Maverick. Um, and, uh, and then Kushida fights for the, for the honor of Drake Maverick when he takes on Phantasma in a feud. I don't think I don't I, th I don't think they're gonna like. Hey, great, uh, Drake Maverick, we're gonna keep you around. And also, here's this title belt. Like they were planning on like sending that kicking that guy to the curb. And had he not done that amazing video that everyone felt so sorry for him, they would have been like, Yeah, no, great, you're still fired. Lose these three matches in two minutes each. Thanks. But because he did that and people responded to it, they were like, Well, now I guess we gotta keep him around. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but I, I do think that, that at least that's how I would play it. Like, get get real evil luchador kidnapping Phantasma in there to just murk the shit out of Drake Maverick in this final because that that's the Maverick we thought was going to be in this thing to begin with. We see Timothy Ta Thatcher, excuse me, talking backstage with Kurt Angle, special referee for the fight pit later on the, uh, in the evening. And then we see Johnny Gargano coming out to uh, install the Gargano, um, the Gargano challenge, where he uh, challenges one Adrian Ad no Alanis, and it's a squash match. Oh yeah, I think I like the idea though of a Johnny Gargano weekly challenge, Alex. I think it uh, it it oh. works. I love the idea. He's got three more weeks max of bringing out jobbers we'd never heard of. And then one of them has to be unable to compete for whatever reason. And we get an actual challenger. I, I, don't, I don't know who it would be, but we need to have somebody come out and actually challenge him because otherwise it's, it's just like, it's, it's the, aha, you thought I was going to do a John Cena gimmick where I, where I call out a, a good guy every week and have a 12-minute good match. Nope. I'm going to beat some dude in a minute and a half. Which, yeah, I understand. You're the heel. But after a while, it's just boring. After the match, though, we have a video of Keith Lee and Mia Yim, who, who are having dinner in their kitchen. And uh, they're joined by Tegan Knox, who delivers a pizza from uh, Johnny Gargano's family pizza shop as well. Alex, what do you think about this segment? I mean, okay. I, I, I'm not in love with the Johnny Gargano and Candace thing, but I know a lot of people really, really enjoyed those, those dinner those segments. Those people are wrong. I, I understand. <laughs> it's polarizing, though I would say, it's, it, from what I've seen, it's more liked than disliked. So, what a fantastic way to completely undercut all those people who like this, but then having the baby faces crap all over it and take take the piss out of it entirely. And now those segments, now now Johnny and Candace can never do those again. It's fine. It was for, well, fine with me. But, you know, if that was a thing that might have been able to continue, now it can't. Like Keith Lee and, and Mia Yim just shit all over it. It's done. Um, I mean, I understand 
WWE, this is what we're talking about with, with uh, main roster influencing NXT. I don't remember in NXT's heyday the babyfaces being quite so, I'm a dick and it's cool because you like me. Like, that's what main roster babyfaces have been for years. Now it feels like that's who we're supposed to cheer for. Is the they're, Everybody's a dick, but you like this guy, so you cheer for them and you boo this guy, so you, like, that's it. That just, to me, that's not, that's not interesting. I'd, I'd rather not just have, like, hey, we're in a feud, and I'm the good guy, so I'm going to make fun of you, and everyone's going to cheer me for it. Ah, uh, okay. Like, I, I don't know. That, that's, not, that's not interesting to me. So I, I, I thought it was cute. Um, them try doing the flashlight to like make fun of the gray thing, the gray filter. Okay, I did like Tegan Knox, uh, who apparently loves pizza as much as I do. Jeremy, do you have any thoughts on this? This Gargano stuff is bad. That's my <laughs> only thought. It's really bad. Like, I if people like it, more power to them. Uh, it, it doesn't connect with me. Um, yeah, and then this segment with with Keith Lee and Mia Yim making fun of it, like I was fine with that. If it if it ends these Gargano and Candice segments, cool. If they keep doing them, I I don't know what to say. It it doesn't work with me. Uh, next, uh, we had uh, we had a promo from uh, the Imperium Boys cutting a promo actually on uh, Fabian. Excuse me, on Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Um. Quick thoughts, Alex. Um, this this upcoming match between these two should be a very physical, very violent affair. I'm very, very much ready to be hosed down the whole way through. Yeah, no. Birch and Lorkin had an awesome, very brief uh, placeholder feud with the UE uh, a while ago. They had a takeover match out of it. It was a great match, a lot of fun, but you never thought Lorkin and Birch were going to win the titles. Um I don't think they're going to win the titles with this one, but it's going to be an awesome, fun match to right. watch. Um, here's here's how little people notice Lorcan and Birch. They had a match last week on NXT that we didn't cover on the show. <laughs> like, we never even talked about it. They, they they beat some guys, and we never even talked about the match. Um, I, <laughs> I really like those guys, but they're, they're, they're always an afterthought. Like, they're always really fun. They're, they're like... Without it being the the insult that people take it as, they're great hands. Like they're awesome to have around. Like they make anybody they wrestle against look better. Like even the jobbers that they beat last week looked better against them mm-hmm. than I've seen them look against anybody else. So it's only going to inflate Bartel and Eichner in the eyes of everybody who watches that match by watching them take on uh, Lorcan and Birch. So whoever Eichner and Bartel face after that will think highly, more highly of them for having beaten Lorcan and Birch in a great match where everybody looks great. That's what I think of it. Want to shout out to Denise Salcedo, who left us a super chat. Thank you, Denise. You work here, by the way. <laughs> Shotzi Blackheart, uh, Raquel Gonzalez actually defeated Shotzi Blackheart uh, in a uh, in a fun little match. Uh, they, uh, at some point, Dakota Kai gets into Shotzi's tank. But she gets kicked out by Tegan Knox, so we're not done with that. Shotzi, Shotzi hits a terrifying coffin drop. She landed. I, oh boy, no. that was really really hard. But um, uh, Candice comes out and shoves Tegan. 
uh, Tegan down, and Raquel finishes Shotzi with a Uranagi for the pin. Alex, this was fine, and advances a couple of angles oh, yeah. at the same time. Not all lots, lots of angles. Uh, I will say the women's to the women uh, in NXT looked great this week. All of them that were involved in this thing. I mean, Shotzi, please don't die. Um, but like, um, I, I really thought it was funny. I thought that the Kai was going to like just hit reverse on the pow pow power wheels, pow power wheels, and like back up the ramp all the way in the, in the little mini tank. But then she couldn't do it. Like it didn't have the power to reverse up the ramp. So she's like, oh, well, then I'll just rip this decal off of it and throw it down. And I'll rip this part off of the tank and throw that down. That's bad form, Dakota. You never mess with a girl's tank. Um, <laughs> but uh, I loved her sell of being gently kicked by Tegan out of the tank. Like she launched herself back. Like that was great. Um, not so great. Shotzi, um, the coffin drop thing, like like she she took all of that on the base of her spinal mm-hmm. cord, like every bit of that. I thought she Christopher Reeved herself. Like in the moment, I forgot this was taped and not live, and I was like, "Oh God, is she, she's never gonna walk again?" Like that's how brutal that looked. Please don't do that anymore. Other than that, everything else great. I like that Candice LeRae is also uh, anti-Tegan Knox. So we get R- Raquel, formerly Reyna, should still be Reyna, uh, Dakota Kai, and Candice LeRae all hate Tegan Knox. I think Keith Lee kind of hates Tegan Knox too because she ate all of his pizza. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, if she, if maybe she's, she'll just be one of these ob- oblivious heels who thinks everyone likes her, but ultimately, maybe <laughs> not really. Yeah. Uh, then we get a video package for the Finn Balor, for Finn Balor talking about Damian Priest heading into their match at TakeOver In Your House. Okie doke. Yep. And Charlotte and Chelsea Green, the surprise mystery partner, defeated Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley via pinfall. So that's a, another pretty good match with Io going all over the place, hitting a suicide dive uh, on, uh, on Chelsea. Some 619s and a running Meteora. Uh, Rhea looked very, very strong here. I think it was a good place, Alex, and a good pick to put Chelsea Green in the match uh, opposite Charlotte. I think this, I think this did her uh, good. Oh, she looks great, and it's the biggest spot that she's had really um, since being in NXT. Like the person who teams with Charlotte, mm-hmm. queen of everything, queen of all brands. Like she's she she shows up in NXT, needs a partner, and I love. It's perfect though. Because Robert Stone absolutely is a total kiss-ass and would find the person highest on the totem pole and bow down to that person, and that's definitely Charlotte. And I like that Charlotte eats it up. She's not like, don't be a kiss-ass. She's like, you're damn right you're going to kiss my ass. I'm Charlotte Flair. And I think that that all works really well. Um, I think Chelsea Green, like, taking a bullet, shoving Charlotte out of the way of an EO dropkick, um, I thought that was cool. Like that, that creates an actual relationship between them. And if they were ever to like, God, I don't want this, but if Charlotte were to stick around NXT for a while, she now has a number two who she can send out to like take pinfalls and stuff. Like that's something that they could do if they, if they choose that to happen. Uh, also EO taking the pin. I don't love, but I do love that Charlotte got pinned on SmackDown last week. 
by Bailey, who was holding the ropes. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte only learns from the best. So that's that's awesome that she was like, well, this worked for somebody against me. I'm going to use it too because I'm the dirtiest player in the game. I think it's all like really, really cool that it's like back and forth and back and, and forth. And the th- you think they're tying all that stuff in together? Or are you giving them please, slightly please, more credit? <laughs> please tell me that you are. If you're not, you're stupid and lazy. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. They're stupid and lazy, so they're Thank not. you. If some... not How dare you? They're definitely tying it together with Charlotte. Charlotte is the queen. She's going to be, she's already on all brands. Hashtag everybody bow down. After the match, we get a brief interview with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Johnny challenges Keith Lee to a match for the North American Championship at TakeOver. And Candice challenges Mia Yim to a match next week. And we see Matt Riddle getting ready backstage. And then we move into the negotiations between... William Regal and Adam Cole via Zoom. Talking about his defense where uh, where Adam gets to put his... Uh, Adam actually tries to get his put... Tries to get his title put on ice. I'll get through words. And uh, he tries to weasel his way out of it, essentially. As, uh, uh, just as simple as that. Uh, but uh, they agree, though, that if Cole defends against Dream at TakeOver, Dream cannot get another title shot as long as Adam Cole is champion. So that's that's a stipulation and a half there, Jeremy. And uh, there's a we have a super chat uh, th- that uh, accompanies this thought from uh, Jamie Aguilar. Thank you very much. Says, are they really going to put the title on Dream despite those allegations still out there against him? Still pretty strange. We got to keep in mind as well. You know, we I don't think we necessarily want to talk about the allegations because at this point that's all they are. Uh, and um, but they are still out there. There's a lot of moving parts here, Jeremy. Nonetheless, uh, what do you think? I don't know if they're putting the title on Dream. There, you mentioned moving parts. There's the Adam Cole rumors. Everybody wants to speculate with the AEW stuff. I don't know if there's anything to that. So it'll be interesting to to see what they end up doing. I would keep the title. On Adam Cole, I think Dream Stock has taken a huge hit since this back injury and since NXT has gone live and everything. But, I mean, if if Adam Cole's contract is up and he's leaning towards not resigning, got to put the title on somebody. Um, there, there's better options out there than Velveteen Dream, though, especially with everything going on surrounding him. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 did, I did think that um, that the interesting thing that came out of this to me was real saying, okay, I'll agree that if dream loses, he never gets another title shot, but I'm going to find a location befitting you and Mr. Dream to have this match. And uh, I'm like, okay, well they're getting the cinematic match now. And that is interesting to me because, because listen, all, all the stuff surrounding dream. It, yeah. It's, it's all icky and whatever, but um, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to enjoy the product that that they're that they're presenting and uh jeremy as you said it's not easy so i'm trying like just the idea of of how how excited i would have been a few months ago before dream got hurt and the the pandemic hit if you told me hey come june adam cole versus velveteen dream one-on-one in some weird and crazy location as chosen by william regal i'd be like i can't wait to see that match so i'm trying to like think of that person from like mid-February and going, hey, this is this thing that's happening. You're going to love it. And me in early, uh, in, in late May is going, 
I I I don't know if it's so great anymore. <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa defeated now legendary enhancement talent Leon Ruff via running knee and uh, the fairy tale ending. Scarlet Bordeaux or Scarlet came out uh, mm. during the match to uh, keep an eye on Tommaso after the match. A killer cross promo played across the NXT Tron. And uh, Champa and Scarlet stared at each other a bit, and she left. There you go. Yeah, I, I the thing I liked about this um, was uh, Champa just staring down Scarlet, and then like Leon Ruff would like try to roll him up, and he'd like get the hell out of here. I'm gonna look at this lady over here, and then he beats him. But my favorite thing about the whole thing is uh, is Cross's face, like basically just his eyes and the bridge of his nose across the entire. Um, Titantron, and then Scarlet, tiny little Scarlet, like as big as one of Killer Cross's blackheads, is like sitting right there, and and like like you could like her her head was the size of one of his pores. Like it was really interesting the way that uh, they had framed everything. Like that long shot of her like standing there with her back to Champa, turning around and looking at him was very artistic. Like. I'm totally here for spooky if it's done artistically and not like, let's scare the eight-year-olds, you know, like do it in a way that like actually art house scary as opposed to like Saturday morning cartoon scary. I'm always here for that. Then we get to our main event. It's fight pit time, fight pit time with special guest referee Kurt Angle where Timothy Thatcher defeated Matt Riddle. Anakin JMT. We got a few super chats regarding this one. Anakin JMT says, poor Alex, poor one out for Riddle. Now getting 50 50 on SmackDown. Uh, Lots of rumors going around. We're not confirming or denying anything, but there are lots of rumors going around, Alex, that he's heading to SmackDown. Personally, I think SmackDown needs a guy like Matt Riddle. What do you think? Well, SmackDown needs a guy like Matt Riddle if SmackDown is going to utilize Matt Riddle. <laughs> um, Raw desperately needs some actual competition in the women's division and not just like, hey, Natty, we know you lost two weeks in a row. Here, want to be part of a triple threat for the number one contendership for the Raw tight women's title? Oh, also in that is a person who's the NXT champion? Everybody else would just have lose all the time. So let's call up Bianca Belair and never put her on television. <laughs> Bianca Belair, people. So, like, the idea that you're going to call up Matt Riddle to either Raw or SmackDown, A, put him on TV all the time, and B, don't turn him into, like, Surfer McGee, which is basically <laughs> what I feel like he's going to become under Vince McMahon. And I'm really scared. You, you could do a lot worse than Surfer McGee as a gimmick goes. Matt J. <laughs> Hendricks says, Alistair Black versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a fight pit, please. I, I could sure. go with that. Absolutely. DGMC says, if you, want, if you want Alistair Black against Shinsuke Nakamura, check out the Distraction TEW series. I booked that match. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> DGMC leaves us, leaves us a super chat as well. Says, Riddle versus Goldberg in a shoot fight pit. With Warren as uh, as the ref tr- trying to be unbiased, no, that's not going to happen. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm going to bury Goldberg. But yeah, this match happened. 
and it was good. It was good, good stuff. Um, uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, um, excuse me, Matt backflips off the cage at some point and suplexes Tim before hitting a, run, a running senton and a showtime kick as well. Kurt checks on on uh, on Thatcher, who uh, who has lost teeth before. Not quite. Uh, they they played off of that anyway. This was a good match. They end up on top of the pit. They start fighting, trading strikes until Tim locks an ankle lock as Matt dangles off the side of the platform. That was frightening. Matt misses a running senton on the platform before Tim, Tim superplexes him. Tries to choke Matt out on his feet uh, before Matt comes back with a roundhouse kick and Tim falls off the platform onto the mat. Matt then does the Flipping Centon, the floating bro. I don't know. Is that is that it? He, everything has a name for Matt Riddle. The floating bro. Yep. Uh, but uh, and, and that was those were some awesome, awesome spots. The stuff at the top of the cage was very, very cool. But Thatcher chokes Riddle out. Alex, Tim- Timothy Thatcher like- wins the big match. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have. I mean, this is how I would do it. I I would find a way to have a rubber match between the two at, at TakeOver and have that be the last one for, for Riddle. This one just feels like, I love the stipulation. The, the cage is great, mm-hmm. and it really works for these two guys. No ring ropes. Like, that's no turnbuckle pads. That's really, all that's really cool. That's so good. This felt like watching an actual cage fight as opposed to, hey, we're having a wrestling match inside the cage, and there's a door over there, and if one of us walks through that door, we win! Like, that, the the WWE cage matches suck ass. <laughs> this was awesome. I, I All cage matches should now be this. Mm-hmm. Like, you have this now. Why would you ever do the other thing anymore? Um, but uh, I... I the thing about the 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 like the the kick the disaster kick off the uh, off the cage and kicks 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 uh, Thatcher in the face. He got kicked. What it looked like before the edit was up here in the shoulder meat, but then the edit. I guess it he could have been kicked maybe in the left side of his face. Where did the teeth come out of his face, Warren? The right side of his face. His right molars come out. I, if you get kicked in the left side of your face look, man. and you lose teeth from the right side of your face, that's a hell of a <laughs> I, I look into the mouth of Timothy Thatcher every time, and to me, he has rows of teeth like a shark. I don't understand how the inside of his mouth works. So, to me, it's all plausible. Jeremy, final thoughts. How, do you, how did you like the fight pit? I mean, it's, it's something new. We were talking about AEW doing new stuff with the casino ladder match this weekend. This was, this was new. I'm all for good wrestling MMA hybrid matches as long as they are done right. And obviously when you have Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, you can do it right. Uh, I love this cage setup. It was very much like the lion's den. I'm all for that as well. Anything new, cool with me. I'm with Alex. I hate cage matches nowadays where it's like, let me try to escape and go through the door, climb over the top. Like the point of the cage is you get the opponent one-on-one and they have nowhere to run. So you just beat each other up the entire time. This worked with me. I I love this match. That's going to wrap it up for NXT. Just with one last super chat from Anakin. who says, I hope Thatcher doesn't have Britt Baker as his dentist as she won't be able to practice. While in that wheelchair, 
What a perfectly placed segue into our AEW. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You recap. By the way, folks, you can still leave us a, a super chat if you like, and I will read your statement question on the air, such as Dylan Dover, who left us a super chat earlier on, and says, as an MMA fan, that AEW ending was glorious. Oh, we are going to talk about that ending. You can you can bet on that. But the show started with the... Uh, a pretty funny uh, uh, cold open with the um, with the inner circle realizing that they're stuck with a bunch of T-shirts that they had printed, saying that they had won the uh, the stadium uh, stampede match, which I thought was really funny because you know what, Jeremy, I always wonder what they do with the T-shirts from the other team who didn't win. Yeah, they get sent you know, like, to like Africa or something, <laughs> and and people that's where they have them. They're gonna put these shirts on pro wrestling tees. They might already be mm. up right now. I, I assume they actually made like thousands, sure. millions of these shirts, and, and they're gonna put these up on pro wrestling tees, and they're gonna sell out by the end of the yeah. night if they did it. If they only made fifty for the gag, fine. The, the the I want every single one of those boxes in that semi trailer to be filled with these t-shirts. Yes. I need them to ship a box to some country in Africa and then get kids to take pictures wearing them because that's the old gag. Every Super Bowl losing team, all the shirts got get shipped to Africa and kids wear them around. You, you, there's pictures now of kids like wearing like you know, the Seattle Seahawks, when they lost to the, the Patriots, there's kids wearing, like, hey, Marshawn Lynch is a champion t-shirts. It's just like, man, I I, I love I love this bit so much, especially Jericho's reaction when he realizes how many of those shirts they ordered. <laughs> like, it was just so old, like, old-timey, like, womp, womp. <laughs> like, it's so good. Jericho can write this off on his taxes. Oh, it's yeah, okay. he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Then we see uh, the elite backstage where Matt Hardy is uh, starting a spiel. Clearly, Adam Page and Kenny Omega are having none of it. They want to go hang at the hotel. They hit the bricks. And we transform into two versions of Hardy, who turns back into the old school spot monkey, Matt Hardy. Clearly, uh, Jeremy, Matt Hardy is leaning into a three faces of Foley-esque type of gimmick where he's just like going to pull out. Dude, love mankind or Cactus Jack whenever uh, whenever he feels it's appropriate. I like that Hangman Page just has no time for <laughs> no. this Matt Hardy nonsense. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to drink. 
eat eat people, delete people, whatever. I got whiskey to shoot. Uh, Matt Hardy, his gimmick is just he can change he can change attires like it's no mercy. And I mean, cool. Like that's a cool gimmick. Matt Hardy has a lot to choose from. I actually think a lot of wrestlers should do this. Steve Austin should come back. He could be stunning Steve. He can be the ringmaster. He could be, you know, badass Steve Austin. He could be what Steve Austin? Just give me anything. Just do a gimmick change. And I'm completely fine with all of this. This is a good utilization of Matt Hardy. Yeah, of course you'd be good with Steve Austin coming back as stunning <laughs> Steve. First match of the night was Private Party and Joey Janela losing to the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy. Uh... I was glad to see this match back on AEW, or at least this match, because um, I felt for the past couple of weeks, AEW lost its tradition to start with a strong match, and that's what we got uh, right here. Uh, ja Nick Jackson, at some point, actually super kicks uh, the Blade in the audience from the Butcher and the Blade, and that would come to play a little a little later on. Uh, Hardy slop drop, combination slop drop, DDT's uh, private party, Side effects Janela and then moonsaults on top of all of them. Um, it's fun to see that Marty, that Matt Hardy still has uh, still has that go in him. Um, but uh, yeah, this all comes uh, this all comes to the uh, to an end when the uh, the Bucks hit more bang for your buck on uh, on Cassidy. Oh, and there was also forgot to mention that uh, those um, uh, stereo Topican Helos that Private Party hit. And unfortunately, it looked like Mark Quinn got uh, got his knee a little buckled. I don't know. It seemed to play into the angle at the same time. Not quite sure. Hope he's okay. But the story here is after the match. Butcher and the Blade attack the Young Bucks while Matt Hardy is helping Mark Quinn go backstage. And then all of a sudden, a truck arrives. It doesn't knock over the barricade, though. Safer drivers. Who are these safe drivers? Well, the gentleman formerly known as the Revival, FTR, hit the ring. Oh, you will get out of the truck first, then hit the ring. And they tease attacking the Young Bucks, but instead they go after Butcher and the Blade. And then the Young Bucks attack as well. The Young Bucks attack as well as FTR leaves. It's official. It is official. It is the big reveal of the evening. The Revival are in AEW. Jeremy, your thoughts. I wondered why Matt Jackson wrestled this match at first because, you know, his wife said he had a broken rib at double or nothing and he, he did the stadium stampede. It's like, okay, give the guy some time off. But then it made sense why he wrestled this match because it set up the revival uh, debut. The, the match was good. The winners were, were never really in doubt. Uh, I like Private Party and Joey Janelli. Glad to get the, to see them on television. Hopefully Marquand is okay. As far as the revival go... We knew this was happening. Uh, I don't think it was a, a huge secret coming out of all of this. Um, they did a good job trying to tease it on the Jericho podcast. Like, yeah, we want to work Impact. We want to work New Japan and all this stuff. Like, you guys were always going to AEW. It's okay. <laughs> um, and then as far as them, they have mutual respect with the Young Bucks. I think it's smart not to just, all right, let's do this match. Let's give it away right now establish the revival a little bit as like this great tag team build up. Okay. Best tag team in the world type thing. Who, who is it between the bucks and the revival then do the match. I also think you got to do this match in front of fans. Um, yeah. So not doing it in front of fans, it won't click the same way. So overall th this was good outside of the, 
well, just drive a car into the building type thing again. That needs to stop. That that whole thing needs to stop. I, it was bad when Cody yeah. did it. It wasn't good here. Well, you know, at least nothing. I, at least nothing was uh, was knocked over here. <laughs> uh, the um, yeah, the revival. Uh, if you ask me, this is this is a big match. You hold on to it for all out. You know, everyone seems to be targeting the fact that fans will be back in September or whenever. This is a this is one that you keep for your big show. All out is the WrestleMania of AEW. Alex, you have a few thoughts. I, I just wanted to say that I I was uh, appreciated Butcher and the Blade showing up in their summer whites. That was nice. Uh, after Memorial Day, you were allowed to wear white, and they did not disappoint. Um, I want I'm, I didn't get a chance to see uh, the Butcher, uh, so I'm wondering if he had like a, like a nice white rim for his monocle. Uh, I, I I miss these guys. They've been they've been 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 away from me for too long. Um, but I, I honestly thought they were going to do the double swerve, like establish that the revival are allegiant only to the revival. Like come in, don't attack the Bucks, clear house on Butcher and the Blade, and then the Bucks get up and then the the revival take them out too and and leave them there. Like we don't we're not heels or faces. We kick everybody's ass. Because that's who we are. I'm fine with it not being like, um, you know, it's it's FTR versus the Young Bucks. That's it. That's the feud. We're doing that now. But I also like, I would like to see them as just being like completely, like only, they only trust each other. Mm-hmm. Because they, they know from experience in their careers that you can't trust anybody. Otherwise, they'll put you in clown suits. <laughs> so... Um, so I'm 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 totally in on Harwood and Wheeler. It's going to be so weird calling them that. Um, I'm co- totally in on those guys in AEW. They're going to be great. Dax and Cash, Dax and Cash. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, like like uh, like y'all pointed out, it wasn't uh, wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst kept secret in the business. Wasn't the best one either. Uh, good to see them officially make a debut. Just solidifies that uh, that the tag team division AEW is a draw. If you ask me, they did it. They did it on the the Scott Hall anniversary, which uh, one of them alluded to on Twitter, and I, I think that was the point of you know who we are. You don't know why we're here. You know you thought we were going to attack the Young Bucks. We didn't. You know what's the end game with us? Why are we here? Maybe it worked. I don't know. I I think it's fine. John Moxley joins commentary for Brian Cage squishy squashing Lee Johnson. This, I, I mean, as far as the squash match goes, Jeremy, this was great. Like, Cage looked badass. Taz with his post promo was fantastic. Taz and Cage is a really, really good combination. It's one that I didn't think I needed, but it's one that's going to serve Brian Cage tremendously. And he even, he being Taz, even passed on his catchphrase to Brian Cage at the end. This was good stuff. This is how you utilize Brian Cage. I thought Brian Cage was amazing in Lucha Underground. Come to find out, a lot of that might have been editing because his impact run, not quite as hot. Um, You got to keep Brian Cage in kind of shorter, sweet, fast-paced sort of matches. The longer it goes... The, the worse he kind of looks. So quick squash matches, establish them. The Moxley match, I don't think it's going to be like this 20-minute classic or anything, but th- this is a good utilization of Brian Cage. 
Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, makes her way on stage in a wheelchair being pushed by the former rebel. And, uh... Rebel. Rebel. <laughs> and, uh, Baker, uh, Baker is out to tell us about the rules of being a role model, and we're up to number three already, which is don't hurt the role model. She calls out the conspiracy to injure her. Says Statlander being alien is a crock of shit. Calls her a conspirator. Sheeta carries a weapon and she's a cheater. She's a conspirator as well. And she wonders why suddenly Nyla Rose, who always lands perfectly off of her top rope spot, suddenly this time it doesn't work out. Conspiracy. Ultimately, she blames Audrey Edwards being at the center of this conspiracy. Look, we were, but she does announce that she will be back at All Out. So thankfully, not too serious an injury. Um, we were talking about this, uh, last week, Jeremy, um, it sucks, 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 sucks that Britt Baker is injured, can't wrestle, but she has the character to come on week after week and continue to be herself and entertaining. This is not an end to her push. This can actually be used to her advantage. And they started with it this week. I thought this was good stuff. Role model on the wheelchair with the R-O-L-L. Amazing. Um, this is straight out of the Chris Jericho WCW playbook. If you've listened to any interview by her, she said it a thousand times that she's modeled this character after that Chris Jericho character. Jericho was always helping her with different things. I would be shocked if Jericho... I mean, Jericho's fingerprints were all over mm -hmm. this, and I would be shocked if he didn't just give her a bunch of tips to, to pull this off. The conspiracy victim stuff, I mean, Jericho, he did that. Literally the sure. same thing in WCW. But Britt Baker is amazing. She's the GOAT. I'm glad she's still on television. She needs weekly segments like this. It'll completely work because... This is how she got over. She didn't get over because of her ring work, which which is improving. And this injury is certainly going to set her back a little bit. But she got over with these segments with Tony Schiavone and these vignettes and stuff. So as long as she can keep doing this, she'll keep being the star of the division, which is where she belongs, Warren. The real role model, not that person on SmackDown. Yes, yes. We got to keep those those battle lines drawn. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. The uh, the Inner Circle are interviewed backstage. They're getting hyped for the pep rally earlier in the evening when Orange Cassidy walks in the background. Jericho takes offense to it. We'll lead into that in a bit. In the meantime, Christy Janes ate it! By, from uh, Hikaru Shida, new, newly minted AEW World's Women Champion. Uh, this, of course, was non-title, but uh, this, was, this was a fun match. Um... And Sheeta's strikes again were all the story here. Her knee strikes were fantastic. Um, she hit that a running one on the outside, which was so, so good. Uh, Christy Janes also looked really good. Really like her heel work. She goes for a moonsault. Sheeta avoids it. Um, and then she hits Janes with a rolling forearm strike, but puts her away with a falcon arrow for the three count. Um... She, putting the belt, the, the belt on Sheeta, I think, uh, was the best thing moving forward. She's the most well-rounded uh, uh, competitor in, uh, in all of, a, uh, of all of AEW's women's division. Uh, and she works off, she works, she worked really well here with Christy Janes, who, uh, what is this, the second or th second, third time tops that we've seen her on Dynamite? And she's got something. She has her heel work 
really, really down pat. Uh, if I were them, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd sign her uh, instantly before people start asking their asking why did you let her go to Impact kind of thing. Jeremy, your thoughts? Uh, I like that the Falcon Arrow won a match. We don't see the Falcon Arrow win a match often enough. Mm -hmm. So it was a nice change of pace that it won. I, I think Sheeta is great. Um, and Christy Jane, she she continues to impress. So I thought this accomplished a couple of different things. And we'll see what happens moving forward with Sheeta because it seemed like Baker was a easy, natural next challenger. She's out now. So we'll see what they have uh, upcoming for Sheeta. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are shown in their hotel room and they realize they're being watched. So the SmackDown hacker to AEW confirmed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we get uh, we get uh, Cody in an interview uh, uh, in an interview segment in the ring, fresh off his win with the uh, TNT title. Uh, he basically uh, makes it. He basically makes an open challenge. First of all, first and foremost, hang on. How can I forget this? He compares himself to Tom Brady, which is something. <laughs> and then he has an open challenge. He, he basically makes the TNT title an open challenge. So week after week, uh, he's ready to defend the title. He wants it to be the workhorse. Uh, and he uh, does it very sincerely, thanking the fans who watch two hours a week, who buy the pay-per-view in droves and beat all expectations. This is a very good speech uh, from, from Cody to sort of bring it back to the fans show that the title is going to be uh, is going to be the workhorse and I can appreciate that and uh, this what this was good I don't know I, I don't know what else uh, what else to add this was a good segment to kick off the uh, to kick off the newly mint newly minted TNT championship Jeremy yeah Cody continues to kill it on promos the Tom Brady stuff I could live without um but they're in Jacksonville you couldn't be Gardner Minshew I don't know if that comparison works the same but Come on, at least like throw in a Jaguars references. <laughs> I, I just think Tony Khan, Tony Khan did not approve the Tom no, Brady references would, would never with have. Brady being in Tampa and Jacksonville being an interstate rival. I, I just don't think Tony Khan approved that part. So Cody was obviously shooting real straight shooter, just like Corey Graves uh, out there on on Dynamite. I like the open challenge bit because it gets the title front and center every week. You're probably getting a good match every week because Cody is is proven that he can deliver in the ring I, I can't recall a bad cody match in aew so I, i'm looking forward to all of this and of course next week he, he gets his uh first title defense so i thought this accomplished a lot of things with, with cody we're gonna see a lot of cody matches and I, I don't think that's a bad thing next we had kip sabian and jimmy havoc defeating scu Came a bit out of nowhere that one, if you ask me. This was this was a, a fine tag team match. Um, I still think that uh, Sabian and uh, I, th I still think that Sabian and Havoc have a lot of chemistry to, de to develop still as a as a tag team, which is normal. They've been thrown together as a as a as a unit, which is still kind of strange when you consider how deep your tag team division is right now, where you have to create a tag team with two singles guys. But hey, uh, but. Uh, SCU, they had great opponents where everyone looked good. Havoc, uh, uh, Havoc at the end, Havoc and Sabian at the end hit Scorpio Sky with the with their finisher, sort of a combination drop kick pile driver. I was a little surprised about the outcome here, Jeremy. I'm I'm fine with Sabian and and Havoc winning. I don't really, I can take or leave 
these two. Neither really excites me. Like Jimmy Havoc doesn't do really anything for me. I think Sabian has uh, some good potential. Here's what I want out of the match next week, though. We need Hangman and Sabian just like trading headlocks for 20 minutes as a callback to their singles match. I think it was at Fight. I think it was a fight for the Fallen last year. Uh, as a callback to that match, because that match completely killed all the momentum Hangman had going into the the Jericho match. So we got to do that again because Hangman's got a lot of momentum right now. And if you want to slow that down, put him in the ring with Kip Sabian. I find it strange that Scorpio Sky took the took the fall here. You know they've been sort of setting it up, say, setting him up as a uh, as a singles guy, Alex. You know they've been giving him vignettes, uh, little one on one interviews. Doesn't do doesn't do much in the uh, in the ladder match. Then takes the pin for his team. Kind of wondering, kind of wondering what they're trying to do here with Scorpio Sky at this point. Yeah, mixed no, that, signals. That's that's, con- that's confusing. Also confusing, didn't they have a number one contenders match between the best friends and private party? Yeah. So are are these all uh, so Keep Sabian and Jimmy Havoc are also number one contenders? Yeah. Uh best friends um, best friends get their title shot at, at Fighter Fest. So Oh, they, okay. So this so Yeah, they'll so face the, the winner. They'll face Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc if they're able to beat Hangman Page yes. and Kenny Omega cuz that's definitely happening. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that we that we solved that because I was very confused how you can have two number one contenders at the same time because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I was confused when they announced this match and like, oh, they get a title shot next week. It's like, wait, best friends are getting a title shot, but then they explained best friends will get the title shot at Fighter Fest. So, by essence, by winning that match, you know the the team that has to win next week will be maybe sort of more banged up. We don't know when Fighter Fest is though. So if it's in like three weeks anyway, it doesn't really matter. I guess I, guess I have I have one I guess I have one rule. There can only be one number one contender for any title at any one time. Like <laughs> otherwise one of them is either one and one A or one and two. Then we had a battle royal to determine the number one contender, or at least who's gonna get a shot next week at the TNT title. There's a bunch of people in here. Jungle Boy ended up winning. I'm not going to go through the whole thing other than just pointing out that Billy Gunn was in the match and not his son, who apparently was still very excited for his dad. But at some point, you're like, hey, dad, you could have just been like, oh, let my kid go. But, you know, one's a WWE Hall of Famer. The other's not. So the WWE Hall of Famer should be in the match. His son needs to wait his turn. All right. Hasn't done anything. (laughs) Uh, finish the, the, uh, the whole match, uh, finishes with, um, Jungle Boy and, um, and Orange Cassidy, who was attacked before the match by Santana and Ortiz for walking in on the inner circle interview. Um, Jungle Boy and, uh, and, uh, Cassidy, basically they double team Wardlow to eliminate him. And then they try to eliminate each other. Cassidy hits Jungle Boy with multiple Superman punches. Jungle Boy recovers and he nails Cassidy with a clothesline, but Jungle Boy uses a hurricane run to eliminate Orange and win the match. So perennial big match loser Jungle Boy is going to be set up next week as uh, Cody's first title defense. Um, I'm going to tell you, AEW still has some work on uh, on their battle royals. They're improving, but they're still confusing to watch, or at least for maybe the directions towards... Uh, um, uh, production are still a little iffy, but they're tough to watch. 
but they have improved quite a bit. Uh, but that being said, leading into this match next week, I mean, we love Jungle Boy, but at this point, uh, I don't think anyone really believes that he's going to pull off a win here. The Battle Royals have become almost like a crux for AEW of, all right, we need to challenge or we need to crown a new number one contender. How, how can we do that? Battle Royal. And so that's what they do. And it didn't make much sense earlier in the night. Cody issues an open challenge. Okay, Jungle Boy wins this Battle Royal, so he'll get the first shot what's you know mjf can just come out the following week and answer the open challenge so it, it felt like you decentivized this battle royal by doing this this open challenge thing um you know maybe announce that next week after yep. cody beats jungle boy which i would assume is gonna happen um i'm looking forward to cody against jungle boy it should be a, a really good match jungle boy will look very good in defeat once again people will probably get mad that he keeps losing he's like 22 23 years old it's okay he's gonna be fine they're putting him in really good spots he's improving quickly the match should be should be great next week but yeah battle royals not always a strong suit for for aew and then kind of the order that they announced things uh maybe didn't make the most sense either main event segment the Inner Circle Pep Rally. They give away the t-shirts, of course. Start throwing them off into the into the audience. Then they start giving each other gifts. There's gifts for everyone to make them, everyone feel better, better. Sammy Guevara made participation trophies for everyone. Gave a King of Dad Jokes trophy to Jericho. Uh, uh, Guevara gets some Vicks for his injury and a scooter. Jericho gets handed a picture of his idol, Mark Anthony. <laughs> Uh, uh, Jake Hager reads a poem for Jericho, then goes off script, completely psychotic-like, in a very, <laughs> very odd moment of uh, of character cre- uh, character development and charisma by your boy Hager. There, I really like that. But then Jericho starts talking about how he wants m- the Mike Tyson's head. He he can't swallow what happened in January 2011 on Monday night. Tyson eventually comes out with his posse. Uh, I'm always terrified when Mike Tyson gets a gets a live microphone, uh, but it wasn't so. Look, they start tearing each other's. They they start tearing, or at least Mike Tyson tears his T-shirt off. Everyone starts brawling. Mike Tyson's entourage. It becomes a huge schmoz. Jeremy, in the year of our Lord 2020, we are setting up. Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson in one form or another. I thought last week they were setting up Jake Roberts against Arn Anderson. They they were going to Saudi to do that. Now I, I'm convinced they're going to Saudi to do Jericho and Tyson. I don't have any other explanation for this. Um, what do you think off, about the brawl? What do you think about the brawl? I like the I like the brawl the, the brawl I'll get to that uh, I like the pep rally segment Guevara was great Hager going off script was great Jericho Maya Buela says that too I love that line <laughs> Santana and Ortiz if they weren't proud they would not be powerful uh, they were both proud and powerful in this segment the brawl I thought Orange Cassidy had like let himself go in the span of thirty minutes the, this guy who came out there with Tyson. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know who he was. The best was... part is that he comes out with all these actual MMA fighters. Yeah. 
And then some dude who got put on like eye black too much, all of like all they look like a raccoon. He looked like Joey Ryan let himself go yes, and then yes. disappeared. And and it, it, he was and he was really really trying hard to get in the shot all the yeah. time. And then when the brawl starts, he's like, "I personally am gonna take out Chris Jericho, me, this dude." And I don't I don't know what the hell. Honestly, it felt like it looked like it was Mike Tyson's limo driver showed up at Daly's place, got drunk with Adam Page, and said, "I'm going out there too, Mike. Let's take these guys on." Like it's uh, weird. I I thought it was Joey Ryan at first as well, and then I I was like, "Oh, maybe it's Orange Cassidy," and he, something happened with him. It was just really weird. And the fact that he was like trying to make himself the star of this segment, like, dude, what are you doing? Um, yeah, there was Tyson, there was a uh, Vitor Belfort, Henry Cejudo, Rashad Evans, who looks much different than than I remember him as a fighter. So I mean Tyson came with a, a bunch of MMA dudes. They they got into a brawl. This works if it's all over sports center tonight and if it's all over sports center in the morning and i mean there's no sports going on so you would think they would talk about this on some level but like if it doesn't get that kind of coverage it, it feels all for not and honestly like if you're a wrestling fan it, it felt a little bit cringeworthy especially with the the orange ryan guy who was I don't know what he what he's trying to accomplish, but it felt a little cringe on that. Like Mike Tyson, all right, it was a big deal when WWE brought him in in 1998. Yeah. How big of a deal is Mike Tyson right now? Vitor Belfort, he he's not a big deal in 2020. Rashad Evans, not a big deal in 2020. Henry Cejudo, like he's literally he just won on pay per view two weeks ago. He's a double champion, should be a big deal. No one in the MMA world finds him a big deal. Like they call him cringe Cejudo for a reason because he's very cringeworthy. Great fighter. His personality is a huge turnoff. It felt very like a WWE move of here's Cain Velasquez, you know, former UFC champion. We think he's this big deal. And he comes in and it's like no one cares about this MMA fighter in 2020. He's not actually a star. Yeah, the super chat uh, saying that as an uh, as an MMA fan, the AEW brawl was great, uh, and yeah, see that's the thing, and you you touched on it. If this doesn't get any mainstream traction, this has all been for naught. Because how many people talked about like, did you hear on Sports Center or wherever wherever else? How many places did you hear that Mike Tyson was showing up at Double or Nothing this weekend? Well, maybe not zero, yeah, it but it didn't get any traction. I, I kind of feel I kind of feel they're trying to get a little more out of Tyson here. Go, sorry, Jaron, go ahead. No, you're fine. We, we we talked about it on the the post show podcast. Sean asked, like, do you think this worked as a Sports Center moment? And it's like, no, because Tyson didn't do anything. He took his shirt off and handed Cody the belt, and he he yawned during the match. But like, <laughs> he's got to punch somebody. That like that's how you get on Sports Center. So maybe this brawl will help out a little bit, but. I just don't know if Mike Tyson is like anything more than, than a sideshow in 2020. And again, Belfort, Evans, Cejudo, they're they're not these big like MMA draws. Rashad Evans in his day a little bit, 
Vitor Belfort in his day a little bit. Henry Cejudo really never. Like these guys aren't. But that eye black guy, that eye black guy, he's a star. <laughs> he's the biggest star. He's the biggest star of the whole segment. I really thought like he was going. I think he went into business a little for himself. I really do because he was <laughs> that, going after that Jericho. Guy can only go into business for himself. That guy has never gone into business for anyone else ever in his life. But he was kind of going a little hard on Jericho, and you could tell Jericho was like, what the f- get away, man. You know, it's like, I'm supposed to be going after Tyson, not you, you jabroni. Um, DGMC left us a super chat. It says, uh, Stadium Stampede didn't even get on ESPN. So, yeah, that, you know, there could have been something there using the arena and, and everything. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Anakin JMT left us a super chat as well. Says, aren't rankings supposed to determine the number one contender? Jeremy, you're a rankings expert. You do some every week on Fightful. They're super serious and totally real, and people should completely (laughs) take them as news. Uh, give me your... Yeah, Kirishita, uh, is not suspended anymore. Her suspension ended at the end of 2018, so she is back, uh ready to go don't pay attention to the official aew rankings everybody i really tried to when they first came out i was like oh this is cool like they're they're gonna this is gonna determine everything and by like week three you could tell it's just like we promised we were gonna do rankings and and analytical stuff like so this is what we're gonna deliver yeah people who are like one in three ranked like number five and stuff Pay attention to my rankings, as Warren said. Oh yeah, very super yeah. serious. I, I will have updates on uh on Cody and Brandy's relationship uh, tomorrow. I will have updates on, on Brian Cage and Taz. Taz is very upset that Brian Cage had to compete in this match. He requested a squash opponent. He does not want John Moxley getting any kind of tape on Brian Cage ahead of their Fighter Fest match. I have plenty of news in, in my very serious power rankings tomorrow. And that's how we're going to wrap this one up for uh, for tonight, folks. Thank you very much for for joining us. Hey, if you know if you liked if you liked it, if you stuck to the very end, think think about giving us a thumbs up. That's always appreciated. But in the meantime, Jeremy, you're talking about uh, you're talking about uh, rankings, but you just don't have that going on. Tell the folks where they can follow you, where they can find your stuff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert eighty eight. I'm on Fightful literally every single day writing about something, writing headlines about Big E wanting flesh-colored tights so we can flash the audience. Um, I do a show three times a week with Joe Holbert. Follow Joe Holbert at Joe Holbert 5 Yell at him. Tell him he's very bad. Uh, we do a show called The Distraction. We talk wrestling on Thursdays. We review movies on Tuesdays. We just reviewed Suburban Commando, fantastic movie. And uh, we play TEW on Saturdays. And for some reason, like that's allowed. Hey, go play TEW. So can't beat that. Alex Palowski, Fightful Select. Tell us about your stuff. Uh, I review Raw and SmackDown every week uh, the night after they air uh, because I don't watch that crap in real time because <laughs> <laughs> it would just be depressing. Um, I sometimes just need to like, pause and take a break because they did something. Um, yeah, so I, 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 it's called Sour Graps. Uh, I don't like Raw or SmackDown. I wish I did. I want it to be better. The whole premise of the thing is I want them to be good. They're not, so I get angry. That's the show. <laughs> they need more Charlotte Flair. I think both shows well, yes, need yes. more Charlotte okay, if, Flair. If anyone, your dose of Charlotte if Flair. anyone yeah. is surprised that with Becky Lynch leaving that they decided to lean hard in Charlotte Flair, if you're surprised at that, you're new here. 
My name is Mr. Warren Hayes. You can follow me on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I do my own show, or on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes, and I'll be back Friday to do the post show with Sean once he returns from, uh, from Guam. Thank you all very much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.